Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Friday, May 19th, 2023. I'm Beckler. Welcome to the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. Heading into your May long weekend. It's supposed to be warm here. Chance of some rain. Uh, there's a fire ban throughout most of the province. That kind of puts a damper on some people's camping plans. Like... Camping without a fire? I mean, you can still cook over a cook stove and stuff. You can, you can, you're fine during the day, but at night, what do you do? Like, do you just sit around in the dark? The fire is the heart of the campsite. Well, either way, this is kind of what I consider to be the official start to win to summer, whether or not it, it is on the calendar and whether or not the weather's there to cooperate. May long weekend to me is the start of summer. It's when you start really making your weekends count booking camping trips and stuff. It's also, uh, we want to go camping is when I start playing the Kim Mitchell. So that's what I played for this morning's Out of Bed Banger. We played Go for a Soda, and it just felt like summer. It felt right. We got air conditioning at our house yesterday, and I'm just thrilled because it's, the way our house is laid out, our room particularly, the master bedroom, although people don't like when you say master bedroom anymore, the owner's bedroom, as it's sometimes called, the primary bedroom, gets unbelievably hot so to have ac in the house this summer is going to be just great got a pretty good deal on it and the way i looked at it as a cheap sasky i have to look at all these things through multiple different lenses but i thought okay we could spend that money on a family vacation which would be fun be for you know go for, go somewhere for a week have a good time or we could sleep soundly for the next 25 years that we live in this house and to me that was a no-brainer so we went with the air conditioning and I'm already loving it. Our house is a meat locker. Pointiest nipples in Calgary. Guarantee it. On today's show, at the end, you're going to hear my conversation with the leader of the Alberta party, Barry Morishita. Barry's the former mayor of Brooks, Alberta. It's interesting the difference between talking to someone like Rachel Notley and talking to someone like Barry Morishita or John Rogovine, who you heard from yesterday, just because of the pressure that's on a leader like Rachel Notley. You know, she came with an entourage of people. She had uh, her press secretary, a photographer, a security guard. I'm guessing there was probably another security guard in the vehicle outside. There was another woman in here who I, I don't even know what her role was. But she comes with like an entourage, whereas like the leaders of the smaller parties, they come by themselves. You know, rather than I, I, when I set up that interview with Rachel Notley, I went through her press secretary and another woman who's working for her campaign. And we were on a, a three-way call together. And then when I set up this interview with Barry Morishita, he emailed me back from his phone and said, yeah, I can be there at that time. So I think, I think it allows the leaders of the smaller parties to speak a little more openly because there isn't someone, you know, scrutinizing every word out of their mouths and just waiting for the chance to pounce on the wrong, you know, the wrong choice of word or something. So it's a very different experience. But uh, if you're interested in politics, as I am, I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Barry because he's got some good ideas. Also, some Fortune 500s on the show today. Another thing that you can't look cool while doing. A lyric in a song that you definitely wouldn't get away with now, but back in 1967 when the song was released, they sure did. 
Calgary neighborhoods as kids' names? Which neighborhoods in this city would work as names for kids? We're going to talk about this drink that you may have seen in the store right now that young people are just going crazy over. Uh, a type of snobs that actually really does bother me. Sometimes we're joking with the snobs. Most of the time we're joking when we make fun of the snobs. These people get on my nerves. And my favorite segment to do when Shauna isn't here, after your out-of-context clip of the show. It's probably because you smell bad or your low-vegetable diet. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My wife is from a very small town, about 600 people in rural Saskatchewan. And... Uh, so this is kind of part small town news too, but she has a friend who's very active in the community. And you might remember, I talked about her once a while back. There was uh, someone who had smashed a bottle, like a liquor bottle in the park in town. And this friend was on the case. Like she picked up the pieces, identified the bottle, went to the liquor store, tried to find out who bought that bottle recently. <laughs> like she was going to track these people down and punish them for this heinous crime. Uh, well, there has been another Another crime that's uh, rocked the town recently. The golf course there, I guess, had several eight-foot pieces of lumber stolen. And once again, this friend McKenna's is on the case. So I thought I would lend my help as well. It was a quiet town on the Canadian prairies. A grain elevator, a hotel bar, a skating rink, some baseball diamonds, and a golf course where locals would unwind with a quick nine holes. It was a humble operation maintained by a few dedicated residents. Little did they know, a monstrous crime was about to take place. Several eight-foot pieces of lumber stolen from the golf course. Yeah, you know, I come in to cut those boards down the length and the damnedest thing, they just weren't where I left them. With an estimated retail value around $32, the peace and tranquility of this quaint little town was shattered. Concerned citizens made desperate pleas for the safe return of their wood. Days passed, then a week. With no leads or suspects, the case had gone cold. And what happened to those eight-foot pieces of lumber? Are they now part of someone's deck? Or did the boards end up as firewood in a senseless act of destruction? We may never know. For Dateline NBC, I'm Andrew Beckler. Good night. Podcast. I thought of another type of snobs. And with you know, with a lot of the snobs that we make fun of on this show, Sean and I, it's just it's just for a laugh. This one actually grinds my gears. <laughs> this one drives me crazy. I'm talking about mosquitoes don't bother me snobs. As someone who takes a lot of mosquito bites in the summer, whenever they're whenever I'm getting chewed by mosquitoes and I'm you know, I'm slapping them and I'm kind of, you, you kind of start to go a little crazy when you're getting bit that much. You start to panic almost a little. And I'm like, these are terrible. Like, I got to get out of here. And there's always someone who's like, huh, I'm not even, they're not bothering me at all. I'm like, oh, that must be really nice because I'm not making it up. They are bothering me. My wife is like that. My wife, McKenna, for whatever reason, it must be, the, I don't know, the, 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 your, your, your personal odor or your uh, the blood type. I don't know. I've heard all these different theories as to why mosquitoes like some people, but not other people. But there's always people who who don't get bit, and they got to remind you about that, as if that's going to help your situation at all, as you're taking all these bites, as you're getting like all different kinds of West Nile. Mosquitoes don't bother me, snobs. They're a real thing. 
Oh, are there mosquitoes out? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, mosquitoes don't really bother me. Mm, well, my blood must be so clean and pure that they can't even sense me. <laughs> it's probably because you smell bad or your low vegetable diet. It would be a real shame if we had to end this outing prematurely due to your irritation with the mosquitoes, especially when I'm experiencing little to no irritation. <laughs> I could be outside for hours and maybe get a couple bites, but they absolutely love you. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Have you seen this new drink that's popping up in convenience stores and grocery stores it's called Prime? It's uh, it's like a Gatorade type thing. It's like a sports drink. And it is just huge with the kids right now, with the YouTube generation. It's absolutely massive. So my boys, like when, it came, when they first saw it, they're like, oh my God, Prime, we got to try Prime. And then a kid had Prime at baseball the other night and everyone was like, oh my God, you got Prime, bro. I was like, what's up with this Prime? So I think... Logan Paul is part owner of the company. And for whatever reason, that guy knows how to get people to buy into whatever he's doing. I don't get it. It's completely perplexing to me. The guy drives me nuts, but so many people seem to latch on to whatever he's doing. And this drink is, uh, is no different. Maybe I'm not the target market for Logan Paul stuff, but um, the drink itself, I've tried it. It's pretty good. I mean, they're, try they're charging like energy drink prices for it. And I don't think that's worth the money, but it's uh, it's still pretty good. Oddly enough, many of the stores I've been in, it's not in the coolers. Right, so they have it like stacked up on, you know, on, on flats throughout the store, which kind of makes it, I guess, more in your face as you're moving around. You're like, oh, it's this prime drink, but then it's not cold, right? And part of me wonders if that's because, you know, it's such a new drink and the big beverage companies aren't wanting to share their cooler space because I didn't realize how that worked either. I had a friend who uh, worked for Coca-Cola in Australia, and I'm sure it's very similar here, but he said the way that they handle things in Australia with Coca-Cola, and I, I bet Pepsi does the same thing, is that let's say you own a convenience store and you need one of those big industrial coolers that holds all the drinks. Well, those things are really expensive. So what these companies will do is they'll say, well, we'll let you use this cooler for free. And of course, they're always branded and stuff. Um, but you have to order this much product. So the store owner will order the product because you know it's a huge expense up front to buy one of these industrial refrigerators. And then if they don't sell that product, the soft drink company still requires them to make the same order the next month and the next month. And if they don't, then they take away the cooler. So it's in the owner's best interest to just keep buying more product than they need, I guess because then they get the cooler. I don't know if that's true or not. I thought that was really greasy. My friend who worked for the company told me that's how they did it. I don't know if that's how they do it here, but that's pretty greasy. And you can see why a company like that may not be willing to make room in their coolers for Logan Paul's product. Logan Paul, man, what is that guy doing? What's his secret sauce? Because I look at him, and I think that's a real punchable face. But the kids just gobble it up. They'll buy whatever he's selling, including this drink prime right now. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I got a message from someone saying that, uh, so it's Logan Paul and KSI are the two owners of, of Prime. And this person was saying that Coca-Cola purchased Prime. And I, you know, I'd read into that. There was this rumor going around that Coca-Cola had paid $10 billion for this drink company from Logan Paul and, and, and KSI. And I can't seem to confirm that anywhere. It seems like it may have just been a rumor because those two guys are still listed as the owners of the company and Congo Brands is listed as the distributor. So that doesn't sound like Coca-Cola has a role in that at all. 
I wouldn't put it past either of those guys or their camps to start a rumor that they had sold the company for $10 billion just to increase hype and to increase their profile, right? Because with these YouTubers, I, I, the amount of money that they're making seems to be a huge part of their brand, or at least the illusion of the amount of money that they're making. It's almost like if they portray success, then people will continue to watch and subscribe to their videos. Like even one of the biggest YouTubers in the world, he might be the biggest, Mr. Beast, who's famous for, you know, giving away a bunch of money and vehicles and houses and stuff in these challenges that he does. Um, my boys really like Mr. Beast and they're always talking about, you know, how much money he makes. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, clearly he's bringing this up, right? No one else would know that. So it's obviously a big part of his brand. Well, it even happens kind of in our industry. Um, it's a small industry and we all know each other, radio hosts typically, or we know of each other, I should say. And, you know, over the years I've heard all sorts of rumors about how much money this host makes or how much money this host makes. And it's sort of like adds to their legend, you know, adds to their, their profile. So I don't know, maybe Sean and I should start a rumor that we make crazy money. And everyone will be like, oh, really? I better hear what they're up to. It's weird, isn't it? Whether you have crazy money or not, you could get yourself into a Shane Holmes home at a decent price, and they offer affordable customization. So you can you can make that house your own without spending all your money. Until the end of May, you can get a front-drive walkout Alston model in the neighborhood of Midtown and Airdrie. Uh, backs the canal for under $700,000. I think they're in the 679s, and it's a beautiful home. Make little tweaks to it if you want to, to customize it. Shane Holmes will, will work with you on that. ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So my sister-in-law is visiting and we were driving the other day and my, my son Bo was talking about a friend of his who lives in Cranston and my sister-in-law was only kind of half listening in the front seat and she's like, who's Cranston? And we're like, oh, it's a neighborhood. And she's like, oh, I thought that was the... Like a kid's name, one of your friend's names, Cranston. I was like, you know what? It probably is somewhere. Names are pretty weird these days, kids' names, and that seems like the the kind of name that some modern mom would come up with, just, you know, combining two sounds that sound like they could be a name. Little Cranston Johnston. We call him Cran John for short. And then I was thinking about some other Calgary neighborhoods that could also be names. And there are quite a few if you want to stretch your imagination a little. Um... Especially if you just take the first part of it, you know, like Aspen Woods. Aspen. Nice name. Real nice name. Cliff Bungalow kind of already is a name. Dover. I mean, could be a last name, as in Benjamin Dover. And there's like names of some hippie moms that some hippie moms might choose. Evergreen. This is my daughter, Evergreen. This is my son, Sundance. Then, of course, you have your private school names, the old money names like Earlton and Renfrew. Then there's stripper names. <laughs> Tuscany could be a stripper name, don't you think? <laughs> Welcome down to the stage, Tuscany. Or Mahogany. A feature dancer, Mahogany. 425 highballs, 425 tequila cazadores. And then there's a category that I would call Wild West names. And these are some of my favorite ones. Neighborhoods in Calgary that could be used as names that sound like they are from, you know, Hundred years ago in the Wild West, like Hawkwood, Hawkwood or Sh- Hawkwood or Sherwood. Sherwood works too. Sherwood Jones. I'm the law in these parts. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was listening to some Mama Cass yesterday. There's uh, there's this meme going around. You've probably seen it. it's with Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, and it's from the movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And the two of them are driving, 
and this song is playing, you're going to recognize it, I think, once you hear the song. Just a fantastic song. She had such a wicked voice. Uh, but that took me down the listing hole to some other Mamas and Papas songs, uh, including this song called Creaky Alley. I don't know if you've ever heard this song before, but it tells the story of how the band came to be. And I guess at the time, Mama Cass was the only one making any money. So there's, like, when they when they formed. So there's this line in the song. Right here. Listen to that again. I said, no one's getting fat except Mama Cass. Now, if you know your music history, uh, you'll know that Mama Cass, she was the only like larger member of the band, the only person of size, if you will. And I was thinking, was that not at least a little awkward at the time? Like, I understand in this in this context, they're using fat to mean that she was making money, right? She was the only one making money. But I mean, in the studio, writing that song, looking around, was nobody like, maybe we could choose a different word here specifically when referring to Mama Cass, you know? I guess it was 1967 and nobody cared, so maybe they looked around at each other and they're like, oh, it's 1967? No, okay, we'll use that word. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. So Sean and I have been developing a list of all the things that a person just can't look cool doing. Uh, and it really it started with getting the wind knocked out of you because so many people get real uncool real quick when they get the wind knocked out of them. They think they're never going to breathe again. They start panicking. Some of the other things we've talked about, getting zapped by a live wire. That'll turn even the coolest people uncool in a hurry. Chasing a ping pong ball around, can't look cool doing that. Walking in flippers down to the beach to go snorkeling, nobody looks cool walking in flippers. Well, friend of the show, Danielle, sent another, and I think she wanted to put a bit of a disclaimer on this, and I agree. Uh, But she said, you can't, you said, have you ever seen any of the videos of like when an earthquake hits a city and all the people who are, you know, trying to keep their, keep on their feet? She said, nobody looks cool when an earthquake hits. And uh, that's very true. I've seen like, you know, like live streams where someone will be streaming and then there's an earthquake and they just start freaking out right away. I've never experienced an earthquake. I probably wouldn't be cool during it either. I don't think many people are. But I think the disclaimer that Danielle and I would like to add on this is that, you know, we're not talking about the, the massive earthquakes that obviously kill a lot of people. We're talking about, you know, when the ground shakes a little. And you get real uncool real quick. We could probably even expand this to include any massive force of nature like that. Because I, you know, whether it be, I don't know, take your pick. Whenever, whenever nature shows us just how powerful it can be and you realize how helpless we really are, you know, when nature gets angry, I think a lot of people kind of freak out. A lot of people get uncool real quick. Podcast. All right, we got a bunch of Fortune 500 businesses to work our way through here. Some local, some honorable mentions from abroad, but all good puns. Uh, we'll start with one I saw. I think this is over on Southland Drive. Um, we'd stop for lunch over there, and there is a, a health food store for pets called Tail Blazers. We know that the pet world, strong puns, always very strong puns. So shout out to Tail Blazers. 
you're on the Fortune 500 list of local businesses. This one is just an honorable mention because it isn't local, but it's still a solid pun. It's sent to me by a friend of the show, Cheryl. There's a, a shop in, in England, and it sells like Highland dancing costumes, and it's called Thistle Do Nicely. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Um, this one is actually what I saw on a billboard. I think this was what it was for. I don't know. I saw the billboard very quickly, and I had to Google it, and this is what came up. But there is a, a stucco company in town called NextGen, and they call themselves NextGen, a.k.a. the Fog Father, because they offer a fog coating for stucco. Very good pun. I mean, we've heard of the Dog Father, of course. We've heard of the, the Sod Father when it comes to lawn care. The Fog Father is new, and I like that a lot. So that's a Fortune 500 business, even if it isn't right in the name. Uh Friend of the show, Chell, sent this one in. I think we may have talked about it before, but it's still excellent. There's a cannabis shop in town called Oil and Grass Cannabis, which is it's basically a double pun. And the fact that we're here in Calgary, Alberta, it's called Oil and Grass is just fantastic. Phenomenal pun. Fortune 500 Hall of Famer. Uh, and this one, again, honorable mention. Um, but it's still, this is as good as puns get. I got an email from friend of the show, Christopher, who's on vacation in France right now and he passed this shop and he's like I had to email you right away because I think he's in is it is it Lyons is that the name of the town in France um, but there is a, a consign it's, it's like a high end clothing store and it's called Carrie Brad Shop <laughs> great puns all of them and three additions to the Fortune 500 list of local businesses right there keep them coming the Beckler and Shauna podcast well my guest this morning uh, will be well known to people from the Brooks area uh, the leader of the Alberta party Mr. Barry Morishita thank you for being here today thank you it's great to be here so for those who aren't familiar with you Barry uh, what's what's your story where do you come from uh, so born and raised Albertan um, I'm half Japanese I've got a couple kids uh, one is an actor here in Calgary one's a teacher um, my dad was actually born during the internment uh, Japanese Canadian internment really? in World War Two, which is kind of a, a an interesting thing and it, it's helped serve me in my time um, been a municipal politician for 16 years uh, mayor of the city of brooks for five uh, ran a provincial organization traveled the whole province uh, almost every single town village summer village and city uh, over a four-year period and you know love the province and there's just a spectacular amount of uh things that go on and we should all be aware of that. I was chatting with a friend of mine who works out in Brooks uh, if, he had, if he knew you at all and he said I've never met Barry but I've met lots of Morishitas so there are a few of you around yeah, there? Yeah there's a few of us yeah. yeah we settled there in the 50s and uh, farmed and now we got engineers and teachers and all kinds of professionals out there yep. You were saying that just yesterday you debated uh, Daniel Smith Yeah so in the old riding of Brooks Medicine Hat we had actually two days in a row where we, where we debated with uh, the NDP candidate and Daniel Smith and you know I think we did really well it's it's unfortunate we can't be part of the debate that's going to happen uh, Thursday night tonight yeah. um, because I think Albertans really do want to look for an alternative. Uh, a bit tired of the kind of yelling back and forth and no listening. And I think we presented ourselves as an alternative to that. So you're in the riding where Danielle Smith parachuted in and won her seat. How, that's right. How do you feel about that? Well, I, uh, <laughs> it's it was disappointing in the sense that, you know, the, the premier carries a lot of cachet and, you know, uh, it certainly put us at a disadvantage. Um, we were working really hard to win that riding in the general election. And 
But at the end of the day, it's really important for MLAs to represent their communities. So it's really important to know that. And I know that community born and raised there. I know that community well. And uh, we should be sending MLAs to Edmonton that understand that. You, you say on your website, in your biography, actually, that you're very proud of having never run a negative campaign. Do you think that that costs you? Well, you know, it, sometimes it does, I think, because, uh, you know, as we've seen, fear and tearing down people seems to be the po- political flavor of the last 10 years. But it's hurting us. It's driving good people away from politics. You know, one of the reasons the Alberta Party had some trouble collecting candidates, good candidates, is because they don't want to be part of that game. It's so difficult for your family on social media. I have a very thick skin, you know, call me whatever. It's, it doesn't, doesn't bother me, but my family, uh, my kids get affected by that and your friends do. So that's that's been tough. So I think, uh, but negative campaigns are, aren't good. When I first ran for council, the first thing I did was called all the uh, incumbents and all the contestants up and said, hey, look, I'm not trying to criticize what you did. I'm younger at the time, I was quite young. Um, I have something different to offer. and. Uh, that's what the campaign should be about, ideas and solutions. Do you think, do you hear when you're out there campaigning that some people do appreciate that you're not down in the mud? Yeah, you're, you know, yeah. Lot, even, yeah, last night was a good example where, you know, we heard the NDP and the UCP kind of yelling and bickering at each other, accusing each other of, you know, trying to destroy the province. And we know that's not true. Uh, we have different ideas and we think that there are better solutions. And when we were listening to everybody talk about it, it was pretty clear that if we would just drop the names and talk about the solutions, there were solutions up there among the three of us. And But I think we need people like me and the Alberta Party to pull those solutions together, Calgary in particular. You mentioned that you had some trouble finding candidates this time around. Because I know in 2019, under Stephen Mandel's leadership, the former mayor of Edmonton, I think you ran a full slate of candidates. That's correct. 87 yes, ridings, 87 candidates. What happened this time around? Well, you know, we looked at that. It took a lot of energy. We're not well financed like the other two big parties are. And when it came down to kind of analyzing what was best to go forward, you know, we're realistic. We're not going to form government even if we had 87 candidates this time around. So we said, you know, we really need a voice in the legislature and we need something to build on for the next four years. So, you know, you take Carrie Kundal in Calgary Elbow or Jenny Remy in Calgary Northwest, and we have some other good Calgary candidates electing a few Alberta MLAs that'll give us a, uh, you know, a stepping stone into the next election and bring that good practical government back to Alberta. Are those the ridings that you have the best shot in, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Calgary Elbows, certainly, because it's been uh, uh, Alberta Party before with, with the Greg former Clark. leader, Greg Clark, yeah. who is a really great guy, great MLA, and carries cut from the same cloth. Uh, so we're really working hard there. We've got uh, a couple ridings in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, and, you know, there's a couple of northern, Alberta, or northern Edmonton ridings that we have a shot in. Um, so we're going to try and get that seat in the legislature because it'll be so important for our future to do that. And if I remember correctly, you've had two other seats in the legislature due to floor crossings, correct? That's correct, yeah. Rick Fraser and Kerry McPherson. So, Barry, for those who may not be familiar with the Alberta Party and what you stand for, pretend you and I are we're in another country, we're at a, at a hotel bar, and you tell me that you are the leader of a provincial political sure. party. And I say, what's what's your party stand for? So, so we're a centrist party. We, 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 we're in the middle of the spectrum. Uh, we believe that you have to have principles applied to policy. Uh, we also believe that you know money's not the solution for everything. We think people are the solution for most of our problems. 
We have to trust professionals, teachers, doctors, nurses to do the job at the community level. Uh, we need to trust municipal leaders, leaders at that community le level. When I toured the province, one of the things I really learned, there's so much capacity in communities to fix their issues. And those issues are really unique. Brooks's issues particularly are different than Balzac's or, or Banff's or Calgary's. And we should allow the local leaders to be a big part of the decision making. So we would like to decentralize a lot of that. We believe in block funding instead of, you know, kind of, you know, that uh, micromanaging money. Uh, we think there's a lot of potential with nonprofits in this uh, province. Just local leadership uh, will take us a lot longer than farther than where we are right now. Well, we saw a lot of that during the pandemic where you would have these sweeping restrictions across the province or across the country. And you'd hear people in smaller communities say this doesn't really apply to us. And yet we're under this. Yep. So that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you know, regional approaches and different approaches. So let's take education as a quick example. So across the city of Calgary, you'll have schools with different makeups of people, immigration, uh, where English as a second language is a problem. Maybe you have lower income versus higher income. Brooks, we have the same thing. But you can't just stamp one solution into that classroom or that school. But right now we have this monolithic kind of top-down management style that says, here's the rule book, here's the money. Uh, sorry if your kid doesn't fit in there. So we lose sight of the mission. The mission of education, for example, is to make sure kids, when they're leaving the school, are ready to take on the world. They can read, they can write, they understand that they have a social responsibility. Uh, but that doesn't apply equally to every kid and how they learn and, and, they, and the resources they need, whether it's, like I said, English as a second language. Maybe they need some mental health supports. Maybe they have a learning disability. But all of those things can be overcome if we meet people where they are and actually care about them. Well, you have some experience with that as in your capacity as the mayor of Brooks. Brooks is one of the most diverse communities yeah. in, in Alberta, is it not? Absolutely. We got over 40% visible minorities. We have 100 languages spoken. Wow. And it's, is that driven largely by by the work there, the yeah. those meat processing yeah, plants? Yeah, the J, and, JBS plant, yeah. uh, you know, has about 3,000 people. I think about 85% of them are, are, you know, new Canadians in mm -hmm. the last 20 years. But they've really established themselves. Uh, but we also have to realize that we need other supports to make that industry happen. You need those workers to support the industry. It's a one and a half billion dollar GDP industry for Alberta. Just that plan. Wow. So, but you need workers to do it. If you want the workers here, you got to support them. And if we want to build communities, we have to supply the basics. You have to have good education, health care. Why would you want to live in a community with poor health care? Why would you want to live in a community with with fewer educational opportunities? You wouldn't raise your family there. The fact is, is um, we have to do that. And we have to do it uniquely for each each area. We, we can't just stamp one model for everything. You mentioned the frustration, or at least you hinted at the frustration that I think some voters have with the two big parties fighting with each other. So I think there are plenty of Albertans that are looking for a third choice for another opportunity. So here's your chance, Barry. Why should... Why should someone vote for the Alberta party? Well, you know, we really want to challenge the status quo. Uh, we, we listen to Albertans um, and we do think that professionals have have the solutions for us. You know, politicians are conduits for information. They should be conveners. And um, our MLAs are are high quality. Uh, they can moderate the discussion if they're in the legislature. Ag again, between that 
extremes that they think. And the other thing is sometimes it's not even just the extremes. It's just that they won't listen to each other and they won't accept an idea from somewhere. And the Alberta Party's built to do that. And Albertans, I think, are looking for that. They don't care who comes up with the solution. They want the solution enacted and the service provided. They want it done in a fiscally conservative way, which is what we're all about. But they also know that people need uh, help sometimes. We need core systems like education, healthcare, social services to make sure people wanna live in Alberta. And, and, and that's, we're just community members. We're people that live where we, where we serve. And uh, I think it's a really great choice uh, to make in this election. The Alberta Liberal leader, John Roggeveen, was in here yesterday, and he said he thinks that a vote for a third party also sends a message to the two big parties that you're not happy with the way things are going. Does your party see it like that, too? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've often seen people want to strategically vote, they call it. Uh, But, you know, uh, with no disrespect, they're kind of part of the problem in a way. You know, they see what they like. And and I was at the debate last night and I had a couple people say that exact to me. This is, you know, if you were running anywhere else or if or if I wasn't so worried about they them getting in. Uh, I'd vote for you. And I said, well, you know what? You need to vote for me because if I represent the values and the direction you want to go here in Brooks Medicine at, you should vote for us. And if your friends feel the same way, which they probably do, because that's the groups we tend to hang around with, um, we can win some ridings. And the closer we get to winning even does send a good message that you have to start to uh, reflect what people are saying. And I think that's really missing in our politics right now. Where can we learn more about you and the party, Barry? Uh, You can go to albertaparty.ca. You can uh, find out about us. You can volunteer. You can look up candidates. You can donate and uh, help us build a better Alberta. Barry Morishita is the leader of the Alberta Party. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. This week on X After Hours with Mariah and Ty. Officially recognizes weather balloons, asteroids, or a flock of raccoons after they're initially <laughs> spotted. However, fart enthusiasts believe these slippery objects are actually spacecraft driven by moist extraterrestrials from faraway farts. <laughs> So what do you think? X After Hours. Watch the video on YouTube. Stream it wherever you get your podcasts. Or find it at x929.ca.